Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. Hello, welcome to this week's Sober Stories from Everyday People. Today I have Hannah from Cornwall. I'm a bit jealous of that, Hannah. Cornwall is one of my favourite places. And she has been sober three and a half years. So thank you so much for joining me on this very, very hot day in the UK. It's a pleasure. It's one of my favourite subjects so so excellent so um why don't you just give us a bit of an introduction so that we can get to know who you are and a bit more about you um so yeah so I'm Hannah I've got four children um my uh, I used to be a nurse um I'm not anymore um my nurse years were probably my most hedonistic years (laughs) which is probably typical for most nurses and yeah so I think we follow quite a similar path looking at your posts and your stories I just like I read them and I just think I know I must know you and I know like we know but it's just like you're so relatable um and I think we're like the same age and everything so I think we've like yeah it's just just funny to read your stories really and think how alike we are so like sober twins yes yeah (laughs) Ah, that's so nice to hear. Um, And likewise, it's always very refreshing for me to meet like-minded people and to just validate that, um, yeah, that that we were sort of all a bit stuck in this washing machine of drinking hell together. (laughs) Yes, yeah, totally. So describe your life then with alcohol. What did it look like for you? So Sarah, it's like, it's got two parts really. So like there was the pre-children part and then it all like was looked very different after I had children. Cause like I grew up, um, as you in the eighties, alcohol was everywhere. Yeah. Like my mum, like my auntie used to come around with a bottle of cider for us when we were about nine. And oh like, my God. <laughs> we had a great time. <laughs> it wasn't like that. Wow. But that was, that was it and my mum like she didn't drink much but it didn't take her much kind of thing to get absolutely wrecked so um I grew up with not an alcoholic mum but a mum who liked to party and so as a mum I didn't really want that for my children but I carried on having the fun having the partiness myself um so like I did my nurse training and like nights out with work with drinking and like other other 90s things but (laughs) mostly drinking um (laughs) and yeah I was like the friend like me and one other friend were like the worst like we were the ones that everyone laughed at kind of thing and with we were all like we we I have my friends who are all very similar we just were pretty wild um pretty obnoxious um but we had so much fun it was really really good fun but like like I said because of my growing up I was like I don't want my children ever to see me drunk because I, I just you just don't know how you're gonna like you know you don't know how you're gonna behave when you've had a drink and what if I just was awful with my children in front of my children I literally couldn't do literally couldn't do that so 
I did, it didn't stop me drinking with them. I'd wait for them to go to bed. And like sometimes that was like 11 at night. So um, wait till 11 and then get some wine out. And I'd only drink when my husband was off work. I didn't want to drink on my own either. So it was like this big thing where I looked forward to him being off so I could have a drink. And like it, then you just, your life, like that becomes like the highlight. Mm. But in in reality, it's not that much, it wasn't that much fun kind of thing. I'd have one glass and it would feel lovely. And then, then I'd get really annoying and really annoy him. <laughs> so, poor Blake, he's put up with a lot from me, but he's very tolerant. Um, so yeah, so that's, so yeah, my life when I was drinking as a mum was like late at night, kind of like a secret. So I'd be up till about yeah. one. So then I'd spend the whole day knackered the next day mm. kind of thing. Do you know, it's so funny, isn't it, that um, drinking at 11 o'clock at night. It, it, I remember when I, if I ever used to drive up to Leicester or if I was doing something that I couldn't drink, um, especially over the weekend, I would always have to have a drink when I got to the place. So even if it was sort of 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night. And yeah. I, I remember packing the little mini wine bottles in my bag and I'd you sort of get to the hotel and it'd be half 10 and I'd get the cup from the bathroom the, you know the water glass and I'd be like oh yeah that would do and um and I'd pour the wine and I just when I look back at that now I just I find that quite mad you know what I mean I just find that really yeah I mean that is that is really problem drinking isn't it that I had to have it like you yeah. even if it was it I mean now to be honest I've been asleep an hour and a half, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But to think that I might be having my first drink at 10, half 10, 11 at night, it's, it's just, just shows you how much you can get into that just habitual grip of drinking. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I, yeah, I was similar to you in that my pre-drinking was um, quite hedonistic. All I had was myself to care about. And I drank, um, yeah, just drank to get drunk every single time. Um, that that was just all you did. Lots of it was great fun. Um, but I did feel that anxiety afterwards. I don't know if that happened to you as well. Like that sort of, I don't know, in my 20s, I did start to feel a bit depressed the next day and a bit annoyed at myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, sorry, go. Well, yeah, and then there's like the actual fear as well. So there's the anxiety, but the actual fear that you like, you know, you've done something really bad, oh, <laughs> and, then, and then it all comes yeah. back to you, and you're just like, oh. And then I had yeah. to go. I remember having to like go to work and and like face people that I was out yeah. drinking with, and it's just so it's like real anxiety as well as like the oh, did yeah. I say that? Didn't I say that? Kind of yeah. thing. Well. That sort of searching for an expression in people's face when you see yes. them the next day, like, was I really bad? And you start looking at them thinking, are yeah. they going to lie to me? Are they? And just like so desperate for the reassurance that I was just basically as bad as they were. So not really that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a horrible <laughs> feeling, isn't it? It's a, such a horrible feeling. Um, yeah. So at what point did you uh, really start to recognise that it was problematic? It was just when my friend Michelle actually was just talking about, because she'd stopped drinking, and I didn't even really think it was that problematic, to be honest. But then when I saw her talking, sorry, have I frozen? No. 
Oh, sorry. I thought you were friends. Um, sorry. Uh, when I saw her talking, that she'd stopped. I was like, oh, okay. And yeah, I didn't really see it as a problem until I'd really stopped. But then it's like looking back, you're like, yeah, that really was a problem. Yeah. Um, but you kind of like in denial, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I'm not a problem drinker. I just like, you know, I just like a couple kind of thing and it's yeah. fine. I don't drink much, just half a bottle. That's not much. Um, uh, but yeah, you try and like, well, yourself don't you because it's just so like in the culture as well Mm -hmm. because everyone's doing the same thing everyone's trying to fool themselves and everyone's trying to reassure themselves it really is just fine yeah it's like only in retrospect that I'm like yeah that was a problem kind of thing yeah it's probably not fine um so was it your friend then was it it, because that's quite interesting isn't it because I I didn't meet any none of my friends got sober before me you know I'm I'm the only one really in my group or or have been the only one there was a new friend that sorry there was a friend that has just become newly sober um recently but when I turned sober I I was sort of the only one so it was really I felt like I was really going against the grain was it your friend that sort of made that you know helped you make that decision I think so. She's just an online friend. So she's not, not just, but she's a great online friend, but like all my friends that I used to drink with still are still at, are still at it and still enjoying it. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, she was just posting like, like really positive things about not drinking. And it just started me questioning. I was a bit like, um, I found it a little bit irritating at first because yeah. she was just how amazing it was. And I was just like, Oh, don't really want to stop drinking but like when someone like sows that little seed I just you just start thinking about it and like oh what if what if I didn't feel tired all day and and like what if I could sleep better because she was just talking about the positives and my sleep was really bad at the time and like like young children and you know just trying to cope with being a mum when you're hungover all the time I was like what would it it must be quite nice not to not to have all that kind of thing so well, that's, yeah. that's so fascinating um, because basically, I, I, and I don't know, you might have had the same experience as well. Now, I know that you're pretty active um, on social media with, you know, the sobriety stuff. But um, in the last few months, since I've probably paid a lot more attention to my Insta feed, um, there have been people that have stumbled on my account and they've been drinking and they weren't questioning their drinking. But through following me, they have decided to get sober and so your journey is your it's like you're one of those people almost I yeah. find that so it's so powerful and it really really makes me feel just so fuzzy inside because yeah. to think that you can have the power to just demonstrate a different way of living and and impact someone's life to the point where they completely stop and for you you're three and a half years in now so you know her helping to plant that seed has created this new life for you I mean isn't that awesome yeah yeah it's amazing and your story's being so relatable everyone's just going to like read them and be like yeah this is you're describing them basically and now showing them another way it's just such an amazing thing that you're doing Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, it's it's really lights me up without sounding too cheesy. Um, and I know, um, I do love a bit of cheese. Um, but yeah, no, it is. It is. I, I read all the messages and I, and I reply to every message that I get. And I really hope that if I continue to grow, I can obviously continue to do that. Um, but to think that you could just change one person's life just makes you feel 
yeah, just makes you feel amazing, really, that you're that you're touching somebody and sort of helping them to make amazing changes in their life. Um, so, okay, so you um, you decided to go sober to to see what it was like. How did you do it? So it was kind of like in broken up, broken up parts. So like I saw my friend doing it. I thought, well, I'll do that. I was going through quite an intense work phase. And I thought, right, I need to be sober to do my work kind of thing. Because I was doing some traveling with my work. So I, I stopped drinking for that. And then like I stopped the traveling. So I, I started again. So it's like broken up into kind of like three phases. Um, and then at one, um, in the middle phase, the middle kind of like real why was like my mum, my mum died and she'd been like very ill. So it was like not unexpected. But like I had to look after my children and I could not, I, I could easily have just drunk every single night and just, but then I wouldn't have been there for them. So that was like, a re- oh, getting emotional. <laughs> not normally. Yeah. Oh. But, um, so yeah, that, that was quite one big thing. So I, like about two weeks after she died, I stopped complete. Well, I stopped for several months. And then it kind of like got to Christmas time and I was doing a few events and on the way home, I'd stop off at like Asda and there'd be like all these like sparkly bottles of wine. And I was like, oh, I'll just have one of those just to relax in the evening kind of thing. So I did that a few times and I was like, okay, I'm going to slip back into it if I carry on. And because I, I used to be a smoker, so I know how to sort of like stop an addiction I know you literally can't have one cigarette because otherwise it just goes back into it mm. so I could see that happening and it was like Christmas 1920 not 19 2019 kind of time and over that time there was like that one year no beer do you remember have you heard of one yes, year no beer I have, yeah so they had like a special offer kind of mm. thing where you could pay for their program and like, if I pay for something, I know that's accountability for me. Yeah. So I did that. And um, then that, so that was like January 1st, 2020. I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, 2019. I'm, I'm, you can't even get the right century. At the <laughs> but <laughs> 2019. Whatever. Really years ago. So yeah, 1st of January, I, I just, I joined that. I didn't really take too much notice of it. I, but it was just because I paid. I was like right I have to do it now so um so literally did not have not touched anything since then um so yeah so the first time so I count my first day from then not that kind of like year of like toing and froming before that that was my first day for me and um yeah it's been pretty it's yeah obviously the first few like the first few weeks like just wanted to eat a lot of sugar uh, and I was like, God, I'm eating quite a lot of sugar. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was like, pretty quite mad. That isn't it? The sugar cravings. It, it's yeah. so obvious as well, isn't it? That you, you're just always craving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was really weird. And like popdoms, crunchy things. Like because I suppose a lot of like drinking is it's you're numbing your emotions, aren't you? When mm. you're drinking, and then when you're eating, you're getting that kind of like sensory craving thing again, aren't you? So you just have to keep kind of like filling that empty void that alcohol used to kind of fill with yeah. with food and just anything sensory. So there was probably a lot of eating in that time, um, and yeah, sometimes I don't know. So I don't. It's so hard to remember back. Mm. But I remember the eating. I remember not everything just becoming amazing overnight, like I thought, like my friend was saying. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. hang on, this isn't like, this yeah. is just like... Where's my fix? Great. Come on. <laughs> yeah. 
why isn't everything just beautiful yeah like loads of energy all of a sudden it did it wasn't like a miraculous overnight this is amazing life is amazing kind of thing yeah um but yeah like stopping any kind of addiction type thing you have that uncomfortable phase don't you for a few mm. weeks where you just like don't feel happy um yeah yeah and what about sleep and things like that did you do you remember any changes in sleep well, one of the reasons I wanted to stop was because I wanted better sleep because my sleep was so bad um but like obviously alcohol like helped you fall asleep mm. so I didn't have that to help me fall asleep and I missed that feeling of something knocking me out I like lo- I quite like and I still miss being like something I still love something to knock me out completely but like there's nothing <laughs> so just yeah. have to get over that but yeah I miss that and um I think it's really hard to remember but I think it did get like the shallow sleep because like when you're drinking you're so shallow your sleep isn't it mm. I think that I started to get some slightly more deep sleep and it's got better for sure but yeah it wasn't like a miraculous oh I'm sleeping eight hours now kind of thing yes yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Everybody's experiences are so different, aren't they? Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that term, the shallow sleep. Um, yeah, because obviously when you drink alcohol, you don't achieve the REM sleep, which is the really fundamental core bit of feeling properly rested in your nightly sleep cycles. Um, so yeah, it kind of blows my mind to think that for 27 years, I probably never slept properly. <laughs> so yeah. I remember when I stopped drinking, I, um, I, I felt so tired all the time. It, I had all the sugar cravings and then I had all the tiredness in the world for about a month. Um, and then I, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't remember exactly, but certainly after maybe a hundred days or so I was feeling like I could sleep a lot better um and that's yeah I mean that's that's a, a game changer to be honest for me um yeah but um yeah so um what would you say was the hardest bit of getting sober for you um well I think it's the association of having fun and I, I love having fun and I was like am I never gonna have fun again yeah um how how will I have fun ever again it's not and um but I love I mean I suppose I'd like broken apart from my like actual going out with my friends days because my I had, literally I don't go out and I hadn't gone out for years anyway so I was used to not not going out so that was kind of done for me but yeah just that nostalgic feeling of just yeah the happy yeah just thinking you're never gonna be happy again <laughs> you never yeah. have fun how but it's it's it becomes different fun doesn't it yes. your definition of fun changes so yeah but it's letting go of that kind of old fun which is probably the hardest bit I would say I would completely agree with you I felt terrified that I thought my life was over you know when I started yeah. thinking I thought people wouldn't invite me to places that I wouldn't make new friends that people wouldn't want a sober friend I mean I had so many insecurities around it and just you know that feeling of FOMO um just yeah. worrying that I would always have that feeling of FOMO and and I always harp on about this but for me and it's not it wasn't everybody's cup of tea as a book but I was lucky in that I picked up the Alan Carr easy way for women to stop drinking 
And, um, you know, sometimes it's a bit repetitive and it's a bit like at the end of this book, you will, you know, and it's sort of like, okay, 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 I just want to get there. But what it did teach me, it taught me about um, how to strip away desire to have the drink, because actually by breaking down what fun I thought I was really having when I had that drink I realized that it wasn't really fun at all that it was the anticipation the build-up to the night which was the really fun bit for me um and you know being with my friends and being together and being away from the kids or whatever you know so actually um I can still have those things but yeah. like you say, it's the association, isn't it? It's the association that you need to sort of detangle. And yeah, so so that book helped me to realize that actually willpower on its own isn't going to get you anywhere in sobriety because if you have willpower, it's because you're trying to refrain from taking something that you still desire. But the key yeah. and what that book unlocked for me was that actually there is nothing to desire. Therefore, you don't need the willpower not to have it. Exactly. It's always hard to explain that. Um, it sounds a bit complicated, but yeah, that was the big game changer um, for me. Um, so what what did you do, just because I find this really interesting, what, what did you do around the sort of social situations or how was that part of your journey in realising that you can have fun without it? Um, well, because I didn't really, I didn't really have many social situations anyway, because I had no one to look after our children, so I can't go out. So you've got four kids, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. really, the, the main thing that I loved was like going out for a meal with my husband on, on our birthdays kind of thing. And like the thought of doing that without alcohol, like I love, I, I just, I was so sad thinking we can't do that and we can't ever have fun again, but we just did it. And I went, and also like we have a yearly reunion with my nurse, my friends that I trained nurse as, as a nurse with. And um, yeah, I did that sober, but that luckily that was after six months. So I wasn't tempted yeah. at all. So I knew I wouldn't kind of thing, I wouldn't be tempted. And that was, that was fine. It was just, it was funny. And then they, it just get all, you know, when it gets like too messy. Yeah. <laughs> so we all had fun and then they all just were like falling all over the place. Oh, and that's interesting. Yeah. Dancing with each other. And yeah, and it was just like, oh, I'm not like connected with you now, <laughs> right now. Yeah. It's just so different. Um, but yeah, so because I didn't really have the social connection anyway, I didn't have that as a temptation really. So that was, that kind of made it easier for me really. Mm. I like the way as well um, that you said that you sort of, you redefined fun. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I find things fun now that I don't think I would have found fun before when I was drinking because I put all my fun in my, in my drinking bucket yeah. right um whereas now um yeah I mean I, I you know I went paddleboarding the other day I found that brilliant fun chatted to a friend no one obviously there was no even thought of drinking um but it, it's just even just doing something with my kids I find that fun whereas before when I was drinking I just found that annoying <laughs> Yes. <laughs> right. Or just, you know, like, yeah, I just felt probably was grumpy with my kids and, and couldn't really be bothered, was just always thinking about wine o'clock. Whereas I can just have little pockets of fun with them now and actually just be in a moment or even just going for a walk. Like I find those things um fun. I mean it sounds but yeah, going for a walk fun, but I just I just I enjoy it, I suppose. I find enjoyment from it. 
enjoyment yeah. and fun are probably quite similar aren't they so it's that's a really nice place to be in isn't it when you just find simple things straightforward things enjoyable yeah 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 and, and mornings <laughs> mornings yeah. are great aren't they now oh. um just like we're getting up when the sun's like low down and it's just yeah. it's just lovely yeah um, yeah yeah I'm looking forward to being able to see the sun rise I, I wanted to do it the other day and I had no idea that the sun rose at like four thirty or something yeah. this time of the year and I was like uh, no I'm not getting off at four <laughs> No. I'll wait oh, till yeah, October or September yes. when it gets to be a bit more worried. But my my dream would be to go with one of my newly sober friends who's just buying a paddleboard and go and see the sunrise, you know, paddleboarding in Bournemouth. I mean, oh, just, yeah. you know, what lovely thing to do. Something you would yeah. never do um, if you were drinking until midnight. No. Um, so what's been the biggest gain for you in sobriety? Um, it's that it's it's the freedom it's not like always it's, it's the same with smoking as well but it's the freedom of not needing something and not even thinking about it anymore kind of thing and, and like it was always on in the back of your mind wasn't it like mm-hmm. oh, I've got to get home then I can do this and then I can put my wife it's just the freedom from even thinking about that is amazing and like I don't think I've saved any money because I always like transfer it to something else kind of thing so <laughs> you now I'm like buying expensive nootropic coffee kind of thing which probably costs the same as the wine that I used to drink so that's that's not changed but but yeah yeah just freedom from thinking about it all the time is just it's just huge really um yeah what a game changer that is I felt like drinking was so important to me for for such a long time I cannot believe that I don't think about it anymore I never think about it and you know what's funny as well is that perhaps if I'm socializing with drinkers um and certainly in the beginning I think of my sobriety those those people would have an awkward would have an awkwardness around me because they would be like oh I'm sorry you know and oh, I can put your lemonade in a wine glass if it makes you feel better and I think god I, I don't I hadn't even thought about it like don't worry I just have a cup of tea I'm absolutely fine yeah. and it's just that that how can something isn't the brain amazing how can something consume so much because you and I sound so similar I would be thinking about drinking every day even if I wasn't drinking I'd be planning it or working out how to drink at the weekend and what how do I take drink to that thing and how do yeah. I have wine just in case I run out I mean it was just so, such a constant chatter in the, in the yeah. back of my head how can I go from that to literally zero and I really mean that to people that are listening I, I now I never think about drinking or alcohol ever how does that happen it's like it's amazing isn't it it is. It is amazing, and like like I experienced the same with smoking as well. I think I think it's like neuroplasticity, isn't it? How your brain like all forms in different ways, and now our, our pathways to wanting the alcohol have, have closed, so they're not there anymore. Yeah. So it's just yeah, it is. So it it's it seems like such a small thing, but it probably is the biggest thing. Um, yeah. Not to have that on in the back of your mind the whole Absolutely. time. Absolutely, just clears your head, doesn't it? Um, I forgot to mention I was a smoker as well, 
you and I would have been a, a nightmare, I think, in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would be the ones that would always go too far. But yeah, I, yeah. I smoked since I was uh, 13, I think, and up until I, well, I was vaping towards the end. But that that is worse, I think, because you can just vape indoor, um, indoors all day. Uh, and I, that's all I was yeah. doing. So yeah, to have the freedom of not having the alcohol or the nicotine is... Well, yeah, huge. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're coming towards the end. Uh, so what are your top three tips on staying sober? Um, yeah, I've got so many, but I, I wrote some down, actually. You because... can have more than three. I'll let you have okay. a bonus one or a bonus two. <laughs> like, I think the, the biggest thing is surrounding yourself with people who are doing the same thing as you. So you're not the odd one out. And obviously, real life, you're not going to find that massive group of people like you're not likely to but yeah online um like your account is just it would have been perfect for me because you write with humor and I love like anything that's funny and relatable it just I'm like yeah this sounds good so yeah just and um and I was chatting to my friend Michelle about it we found some amazing Facebook groups but everyone was just so supportive and so non-judgmental mm-hmm. and if someone had posted something and I'd be reading it thinking oh you shouldn't have had a drink but everyone else is like being like really nice to them kind of thing and that kind of like yeah supportive non-judgmental group mm. of lots of people doing the same thing as you I just don't I think that's absolutely the best thing so you, yeah so you yeah so you just don't feel alone um and then for me like accountability really helps me so that paying that bit of money kind of thing that's my accountability but you don't have to pay money you could just like put it out there and tell someone mm. that you're doing it you can eat, you can get accountability in, in different ways yes. um but yeah the, the one year no beer helped me in that way because of the accountability but like the information you could probably get that from from lots of different places um and the books like like positive books like the joy of being sober I think that was one of them I can't remember I read them all three years three and a half yeah. years ago but reading the books um it just sinks it all into your head doesn't it and mm-hmm. it just makes makes it feel like you're doing something positive for yourself rather than something negative kind of thing so like looking into all the positives um of like of the goal of not drinking is yeah that's really helpful um and I think probably like for me I was lucky that I didn't have many social triggers but if you do have like social triggers I would just stay busy doing different things and sort of like maybe maybe avoid those social triggers until you've got over the first few months before and wait till you feel kind of strong enough before you go go to those um but yeah I think the biggest thing is just keep reading keep learning about people who are doing it and people who've already walked the walk kind of thing and yeah filling yourself up like that yeah I think they are fantastic tips yeah completely agree with all of those um I think the 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 non-stop reading in the beginning certainly I I still read a bit now but it's just it's a bit of a time thing for me now but um certainly in the first year I always had a book on the go and I'm obsessed about podcasts so I was always listening to a podcast and there are so many amazing people out in the sobriety world um just doing just such great stuff and a lot of it like you say is free um the groups on facebook they i i remember seeing those in the beginning and they are they are such a great place of 
support and just yeah that networking really with people that are in the same place as you um, and it's one of the things that I think really helps people because I know I, I get messages from people and they just they feel so relieved that they're not alone you know and it just yeah. helps to lift that shame a little bit because you do feel yeah. alone don't you in your drinking yeah sometimes. yeah and the shame when everyone's like oh were you an alcoholic <laughs> so was that question. yeah <laughs> I mean that's the thing isn't it they're just that's why this shift that's happening at the moment in sobriety I just oh it, it excites me because we've got to get to a place where we see alcohol for what it really is. You know, if you want to drink and, and you're not feeling anything, you know, any bad side effects, brilliant. That's, that's great. If you are drinking and you are feeling negative side effects, you don't want to be, um, you know, have a label shoved on you just because you decide to stop it. And, and that's, that's, it's frustrating, isn't it? And that's why these stories getting out there, I think is brilliant because, they are all so different. And some one of the girls that I spoke to yesterday, she just drank at weekends. You know, that's not, you know, she's not an alcoholic <laughs> or an addict. No. She doesn't have to be all those things. That, you know, there's a lot of people that just drinking will make them anxious or make them make silly mistakes. That could be once a month. It could be every six months. But, you know, it's okay to stop no matter what your drinking landscape is. And um, yeah, I've had that too. When I've told people, oh, I've stopped drinking, like, oh, you know, you're an alcoholic, or oh, you, oh, you must have a problem then. I'm like, oh, God, go away. <laughs> you're not my people. <laughs> go <Yeah>. away. <laughs> uh, um, so if people would like to um, follow you, how can they reach you? How can they find you? So I'm on Instagram and um, I've just started up a new, very small Instagram account. And uh, it's called Hannah Clary Cairns underscore. So it's like a very unoriginal name that I might change at some point. But that's that's where I am for now. So, so that's um, you're laughing because we did have this little chat, didn't we? Before we, came <laughs> yes. on. we both said that we are the types of people that are always wanting to change, uh, change yeah. things, change our handles. Um, so Hannah, that's H-A-N-N-A-H. Yeah, and then it's a nice, short, snappy one, isn't it? Chloe. Oh, Hannah <laughs> Chloe. Yeah, yeah okay. Chloe is my middle name, and then Ken. But it's just my name. Ken. <laughs> just okay. Cool. Yeah, so Hannah Chloe Ken, and that's C-A-I-R-N-S. That's Ooh. right. I do that because I keep saying I'm going to put things in the show notes and then I'm really bad at the admin and I don't do it. So yeah. <laughs> be the same. just being honest, people. So if you want to follow Hannah, go to Hannah Chloe Kent underscore. Lovely. It's been so good to meet you today. We followed each other for, well, it's been a month or so or maybe a bit longer um yeah. and it's yeah really nice to connect with you face to face and i really appreciate you sharing your story thank you so much oh thanks for having me it was an absolute pleasure and to everybody else thank you very much and see you next week thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you're interested in being a guest please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Sassy Sober Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. 
if you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.